Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's the Garnet Trust Hour on your home of the game. 107.5 The Game. And welcome into the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler Head and Chris Clark along with you on this Tuesday morning. Today's special guest, former South Carolina punter Joe Charlton in studio with us in the Herndon Chevrolet studios. Joe, how you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Now, do you have any radio experience? You ever done anything like this before? We always have to ask. I have not, actually. All right, first time. Joe's a good talker. Cool. So, so we'll be, we've called up a lot over the past several weeks, so... Uh, looking forward to chatting with you. Thanks for coming in, man. Um, this is interesting, Tyler, because I think uh, this is a landmark for us on the Garnet Trust Hour. It's our first, uh, I think it's our first active NFL roster member, too. That, that right is now. correct. I was thinking about that last night, and I believe you are correct. Yeah, so Joe, uh, a member of the Cleveland Browns right now. Uh, so get run down what's going on with you. I know you got to go back to Cleveland here in the next, I don't know, couple weeks, right? Right, yep. Um What's the next steps for you? Uh, next steps, training camp, man. So I'm going to go in there and grind. Yep. Only yep. you can do. So we were talking about this off air. Um, and we'll go back and we'll look back on, obviously, your South Carolina career, maybe even go back to your recruitment, how you got to the NFL, all that stuff. But you, you're on an NFL roster right now. And you were telling me how kind of crazy it is before we came on air to get the call You've been on and off some different rosters and things like that, but how did you find out about this most recent opportunity with the Cleveland Browns? Uh, I was actually uh, on a pressure washing job with my pressure washing <laughs> business, and I got a call from the my agent actually and said that the Browns wanted to sign me back and um, just sign with them. I mean, I got, you got to take every opportunity you can. Yeah. And um, went up there for OTAs, had a good time, and then came back, had like a month and a half off, and then got to shoot back up there for training camp. And – when you get these opportunities, they're like, from what you're telling me, they're like, can, can you be here like now ish? Is that is that right? Yeah, I mean, I've gotten calls sometimes, man, where it's like, you got to be on a plane in two hours, <laughs> and you might not even be home. You got to fly home, pack a bag, and head out. Have you heard? Um, you know, you, a lot of times if you're watching like Monday Night Football, you'll see somebody, um, you know, doing some good things. You'll be like, this guy was doing. Uh, he was a Best Buy cashier and, and got a call, like, or whatever. Have you heard any – you're on a pressure-washing job. Have you heard any other obscure, like, from some teammates or anything, like, I was doing this particular thing and got the call? No, nah, I mean, there's just a bunch of guys that are doing a bunch of different things. Yeah, yeah. You just get a random call, man. You just, you just do not expect it. Yeah. But, you know, you can't say no. <laughs> how did how did the process go? So when you came out – your last year was 2020 at Carolina. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So your last year was 2020. And your first opportunity was with the Panthers, right? Correct. So t- take us back to draft day then. Um, that deal got done pretty quickly. Was it on draft day that you no, got the deal, was, or was it a little while after? A little while after, yeah. It was about, probably about a month after draft day. Okay. So how did that come together? What's that whole process like? Oh, I was actually door dashing at that time. Really? Yeah, I was, wow. I was door dashing. And um, got a call from my agent. said the Panthers wanted to sign me. So I was like, all right, and went up there, 
I didn't even work out for him. They just completely signed me because uh, I think Pilardi, who was their current punter, tore his ACL. Mm-hmm. And so they needed a guy, and I was pretty much the closest guy there. So <laughs> they picked me up, and, yeah, I played for them for a year and a half, a year and, like, six games maybe. Yeah. yeah. You ended up being their starting punter too. Yep. DoorDash to starting punter. Yep. So, so that's interesting that you mentioned that you were the closest punter to them because I've always wondered about that because you look at NFL teams, especially when it comes to specialists, and they will usually go with somebody at a re- like a local college, you know, nearby or something like that. And I never really thought about it like, yeah, this is a guy that can probably literally get to us the quickest, so let's call him. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a factor in it. How quick did you get there? Was it two hours? I mean, did, did you just, here we go, I'm, I'm there. Yeah, I actually had to move out of my house <laughs> and then head up there. So I had to throw everything in my mom's house real quick and then fly up there as fast as possible. So you end up going from, from undrafted free agent. Well, let's back up. Did you, so it was a month after the draft. Mentally, had you kind of been like, I'm probably not getting an opportunity. Had you kind of moved on in your mind to what's next? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, really? Yeah, because I was also working for my uncle who owns JR Cashes. Yeah. So um, I was doing that and door dashing on top of it. Yeah. So. And then you get that call, and now your career is still going in the NFL. Yep. Did you envision that? Yeah, I mean, dude, once you once you get a foot in the door, yeah, you stick around for a while. Yeah. Um, but it's really hard to get that foot in the door. So you get the foot in the door at the Panthers. You end up starting for them. Um, what comes? I know you spent some time. You had a previous stint with Cleveland too, and then KC too. Is that right? Yeah, I was on Casey's practice squad for a week. Yeah, I think uh, Tommy had COVID. Okay, so they signed me for a week. But uh, then after that, I went to the Jaguars and played a game. For That's them right. At the very end of the season. That's right. Yep. So it's it's kind of a crazy, like, do you mind that? Because all right, so if you let's say you get drafted or just even just signed, let's say you've been in the league for five years and you sign a a three year deal with a team like or something of that nature, like you're probably you're staying with that team when you're a practice squad guy or when you have like a short-term deal or you brought in for training camp like you really don't know day to day like what's going to happen right not at all is that are you good with that like you're a pretty easy going guy but is yeah. that kind of like mentally like god <laughs> what what's going on here it's not too bad i mean it's just a day-by-day fight yeah. what it is. i mean you can't really think about that what is it like to, i know you don't mind me asking this what is it like to get cut it sucks man <laughs> yeah. I mean, every, everyone's gonna say it sucks it's it, it's a terrible feeling but i mean but after you get cut so many times, you kind of just get used to it. Right. So. And you go get another opportunity <laughs> exactly. and roll with it. So you're literally just taking it day by day, like, all right, still on the roster today, still, still on the roster today. And, you know, w- when they do inevitably, I guess, call you into the office, you're like, well, you know, it's just part of it, right? Oh, yeah, man. We have uh, – there's been a bunch of teams on, too. It's like you go you go to a team and you have, like, one bad practice and you just, like, go, like, guys, like, it's nice, nice knowing you, buddies. <laughs> nice knowing you. Might be here tomorrow, might not be. <laughs> so you just joke about it after, yeah. that, like, oh, I kind of screwed that up. D- do you go, so how do you find out, do you just wait, you just wake up assuming you're on the roster, and then, like, how do they let you know you're cut? Because you have different cut time periods, right? Like, you know, okay, before the year, they got to cut it down to 53 active plus a practice squad, but just during training camp, how does the cut process work? Like, do they just call in some guys every day? Like, is that literally how you find out? Pretty much. I mean, on cut day, they'll, they'll give you a call and it says, hey, like, GM wants to see you. Yeah. And, and then, then you kind of know. Then you just pretty much know that. It's like going to the principal's yeah, office. Yeah, pretty much. He's like, they pretty much say, bring your iPad. Uh, that, that's the knowing right there. Really? Yeah, bring your iPad. What, what's that signify? That, I mean, your iPad's pretty much your playbook. Oh, uh, yeah. So you got to turn it in. 
that makes sense. So, and you mentioned me like in Casey for a week. Are they like putting you up in a hotel or like how does the accommodating work there? Yeah, they put me up in a hotel. They pretty much put everyone up in a hotel. Like they might give you a rental car, they might not. Just, just <laughs> depends. That's very interesting. Do you think it would be worse to be? I remember on Hard Knocks, I can't remember which player it was, but it was a, it was a Miami Dolphins player, and he got called in, and he had gotten traded. I think the guy was like a former first rounder too, and he got traded. And his question to the GM was like, "What'd y'all trade me for?" And he was like, "A couple picks." And you you felt like the guy was like, "A couple picks," you yeah. know? Like, do you think that would be worse to get traded for like or cut? Oh, easily cut. I mean, that's the you worst. Get traded, at least you still got a job. <laughs> yeah, oh. I just meant mentally, like, <laughs> "Oh, you're trading me? Like, what's the deal?" I'd definitely rather get traded than cut. So you mentioned you have the pressure washing business on the side. How do you kind of balance those two things? Um, it's hard, man, because it's, it's hard to find people you trust. So um, <laughs> I, I pretty much run it by myself. I mean, I just started it a month and a half before I went to Cleveland and got that call. Wow. So I didn't have anyone else working for me. Um, came back from Cleveland after OTAs and thought I might pick up a couple jobs, might not. I'd rather just train. Um, but... If someone called, like, obviously I'd probably do it. Right. Um, but I only got like a week and a half left. So. Yeah, that, w- that was actually one of our questions um, from Twitter, from Gamecocks underscore swag. We opened it up. If you got a question for Joe, hit us up on Twitter. I'm at GC Chris Clark. Or on the Firehouse Subs text line, that's 803-404-6100. And the question was, how is the pressure washer business? So we, we don't really know. I guess it's on hold for now. It was going really well before. Um but we'll see how long you you stay in Cleveland, and hopefully a long time. Oh yeah, that's the plan, man. If you uh, if you're still out there, you're gonna maybe just hire somebody, try to try to take some jobs on. I might. <laughs> now, why, why exactly did you get into pressure washing specifically? Um, I mean, not gonna lie, man, that's actually pretty good money. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you can make good money. I mean, there's also a lot of competition out there. Pressure washing got. I mean, there's new companies every day popping up. Right. But um, I know a lot of people, which helps. Um, pretty good at it too. So, I mean. <laughs> well, I've, I've seen the setup. The setup is is nice. Yeah. Now, so, uh, are we talking like entire buildings? Like, well, what exactly are we pressure washing here? Pretty much everything, man. Everything. Everything. All right. We'll uh, continue our conversation with Joe Charlton here in the Garnet Trust Hour. Coming up next here on 107.5 The Game. It's the Garnet Trust Hour on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. <laughs> snap. Charlton steps to his right a little bit. Booms one. I mean crushing punt. It's going to bounce right at the one. Does it stay out? It does. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Joseph Charlton. Make a play, son. Crush the kick away from the return man. 58 yards down to the one and everybody's loving him. When's the last time you saw a punter get that kind of love on the sideline? Everybody patting him on the helmet. Welcome back into the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. That was the call all the way back in 2017 where our guest Joe Charlton downed a punt at the one-yard line against Arkansas. And as mentioned on the broadcast there, got a lot of love coming back to the sidelines on that one. Yeah, man, that was a, that was, that was a great play. Um, I'm also a big fan of the announcer right there. That was, that was amazing. Um, team, they, they gave me a lot of love on the sideline. Um, they just... I think that was near the fourth, that was fourth quarter, wasn't it? Uh, I believe so. It was yeah, late in the game. Fourth quarter, late in the game. They told me to just, like, punt it as fast as possible and don't get it blocked. And, 
what happened. So. Yeah, that was a that was a key play. I I thought Tyler, maybe you're saving another play that we'll talk about for later. I do have but, another okay, play. Okay, yes, I, I have a feeling. I was wondering if that was going to be the play in quotes, um, but we'll talk about that one later. I remember Joe. I actually covered your recruiting in high school. I went back and looked. I found a story that I did on your commitment to South Carolina all the way back in 2014, almost 10 years ago, which is crazy. It's been a while. But I watched one of y'all's games. At, um, I think y'all were playing. I can't remember who you were playing. So you played for AC Flora, and y'all were playing at the Memorial Stadium yep. against somebody. So I went and scouted out one of your games. Um that, that's pretty cool to look back on. But what, what do you remember about recruiting? I know it's a different ball game, even then, for punters, kickers. Like, the recruiting process is just a little different. But what do you remember about it? Um, when you're a punter or kicker coming out of high school, they a lot of schools just kind of want you to walk on. Yeah. Because yep. they don't want to spend a scholarship on that guy. Um, that's pretty much what I remember from it. I mean, I, I think my first offer coming out of high school was from, like, UConn. Yeah. And then after UConn, I was talking like UNC. They wanted me to walk on. And then South Carolina called, and I was like, yeah, I'm going definitely going there. That's, that's definitely happening because both my parents graduated from South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So um, it's always somewhere I wanted to go. Was it an immediate scholarship, or were they kind of did it kind of progress from like, hey, maybe you should walk on to how did that go? It was immediate, man. I yeah. was actually uh, doing a pickup basketball game when they called. So um, got a call on the court, and I was like answered it. And they're like, hey, man, uh, USC wants to sign you. I was like, perfect. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> so a pretty quick process yeah. for you. Did you do an in-home visit with Steve Spurrier during recruiting? I did not. Really? I did not. Well, he, was, he wasn't a huge recruiting guy. Yeah. Um, he wasn't as active as, you know, say, like Shane Beamer is or Will Muschamp was. Not as active on that front. What was your first interaction with him? Um, it was actually on the field, uh, Kratis. Um never forget this like the first practice i saw him out there he was uh driving around in a golf cart just saying he was like what's up charlton i was like what's up coach <laughs> me being a little freshman you know not knowing my place at all so it was, it was awesome he was a good guy did, so what if you didn't do a home visit with him i mean had you did you talk to him during recruiting any couple times or uh yeah i think once or twice um i had joe rob yeah that's who my uh that's who gave me a scholarship yeah that's um, right much had them for a year obviously yeah when a uh, sprayer left and then Muschamp came in so and then Hutt, C- coleman hutzler was the special teams coach okay. I, I knew yeah i knew yeah. he was you played with some interesting personalities i definitely and, did you got some good stories D- do you have any that you can tell i know you have some that you can't tell i do have some i can't tell yeah i've i've heard lots of those <laughs> from from you and some of your former teammates stories that you can't tell were you did you ever have a fake call during a game never did no Never fake did. calls. No fake calls. We had a lot in uh in practice that we ran, and um, just never got a call. Why don't you think they ever gave you one? I don't know. Could you throw it like Kai Kroger? Oh, I could throw it. I got I got to play. Uh, actually, Panthers versus Kansas City. I threw one against them. I remember seeing that one. Yeah. That was a good one. Oh yeah. Yeah, we should play that for the people. What do you think about Kai Kroger? Love him. Good yeah, guy. good punter. Uh, he actually, so he had an amazing season last year, but we were talking about this before we came on. He actually is still second to your yards per punt average. Still got it, man. Still got that record. Hey, and what do you think about the fact that, that Shane Beamer is the coach here now and, and Beamer balls a thing here and it's the special teams are so embraced with South Carolina football program now? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Shane, Shane's a great guy, man. Um, remember when he first got here, 
he's he's very big on like talking to former players and bringing them in and just keeping them around and um but i talked to him i sat in his office for about probably 45 minutes just cutting it up talking about everything and um he's a great guy man i, I respect him a lot do you still keep up with i mean you both your parents went to south carolina played here do you still keep up like you watch the games every saturday oh yeah yeah definitely i try to as much as i can what did you think about, uh, you know, go back to last season, what was your take on the year that South Carolina had? Obviously, it ended really well, but what was your take just in general on, on the team last season and the trajectory the trajectory that they're, they're on under Coach Beamer? I think they're on a great trajectory, man. Um, they're definitely, like, I think they're finally getting out of building process. Mm-hmm. Um, I got high hopes for them, man. I think they're going to they're gonna do great. I'm excited. Well, what did you think during the Tennessee game? I was nervous on that one. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> I actually was in town for that, and I didn't go to the game. And I Ooh. really regretted not going. Yeah, easy to, easy to regret that. Well, it's kind of one of those games that looking into it, especially coming off the Florida <laughs> game, it's like, yeah, this may not go so well for yeah. us. But yeah, after the fact, you're like, dang, I, I could have been there. Yeah, I know. I, I wish I would have. It, it was an almost being there at the stadium it it really was the closest to like a surreal experience i think you could have as far as sports because you're just sitting there the whole time and you know you even wonder like all right was this just like a hot like magical start and then tennessee's gonna make their and they did make their run come back but south carolina just kept answering man they did well it was crazy and then next the next week uh kai has a great performance against Clemson mm-hmm. takes those guys down for the first time. It's something with uh, those USC punters and Clemson, man. We always <laughs> we always perform well. I mean. <laughs> That's right. Key, key critical performances. Oh, yeah. You uh, so you came in as part of the part of the 2015 class. That was a really interesting class because there were it, it was kind of a mix, right? It was Steve Spurrier's last class. There were actually a lot of decommitments in that class. You remember Spurrier made his remark about yep. he's going to be here a couple more years or something like that um had some guys follow the class there's still some really good players in that class you and a bunch of others there's a mix of guys that did not work out for a variety of reasons but what what was it like in that last season with, with coach Spurrier you were you were a freshman during that 2015 year it was definitely weird um obviously I didn't play yeah um, that's when Sean I think Sean Kelly was playing mm-hmm. and um yeah, I got there. Everything was like going smooth. I mean, obviously we weren't that great. Yeah, actually we were awful. If I <laughs> put it in perspective. Um, and then I think I can't remember after which game Spurrier came in and he was like, "Hey man, like I'm out." It was after everyone, the LSU game. Yeah, everyone just kind of looked around. It's like, oh, all right. Well, what do you what do you remember about that night? So it was the so LSU happened. That was the game they rescheduled. It's supposed to be here. Yeah, we're down in LSU. Guys lost that game. That was obviously on a Saturday. Everything was normal. Press conference, recorded the TV show, et cetera. And then that was the Monday night practice. Yep. Um, and I've talked to a few guys that were there. So I know y'all used to do the young guys were on kind of a side of the field and then some of the older guys. And so I've just heard Spurrier kind of came around and he said something to a group of players and then people were still confused about like, is he out? Is he turning over play calling? Like, what is he talking about? What do you recall? I recall pretty much us being inside the team meeting room, and he came in and it's pretty much he said he was pretty much done. It's like he's out, and okay. like he was passing the reins. So, Sean so, Elliott, and that was on Monday night. Yep, I think okay. so. Yeah, I think it was Monday night. Yeah. Yep. 
crazy night. What did y'all think? Were, like, was that a shock? I was pretty shocked. By yeah. I was like, oh. I you thought he would finish it out? No one expected that to happen. Though. Yeah. No one did. Well, then the rest of the year, you had some close calls. So I remember the Tennessee game at Tennessee, even the Clemson game. It was a little bit, you know, one of the scores was like as time expired basically or a couple of seconds. But that was a close game. Yep. Really good Clemson team. Um, then we got beat down by the Citadel. The Citadel, yeah. What what happened? Dude, I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> I, I, was, I was shocked, man. <laughs> That's the only thing I can say is I was shocked. That, I mean, their, their triple option just destroyed us. Yeah. Well, and even often, then you had, you know, the end of the game, Farrah Cooper scores. Mm-hmm. What was the, who was the best player you played with at South Carolina? You had, you, so you played with, you would have had, you had Debo, you had Farrah Cooper, was, you had some guys. Yeah, we had some guys, man. Um, it was definitely Debo and Farrow. I mean, they were amazing. Especially having Debo after Farrow. Yeah. was awesome. Did you, when Debo was, so he redshirted year one, did, did y'all have an idea early that Debo would become Debo now, like the, the 49ers version of Debo that we see every week. He just, I mean, he just kept getting better and better every yeah. year. So, I mean, where he's at now does not surprise me at all. I mean, he's a hell of a player. Yeah, I mean, in high school, he was a great player, but just, like, watching his growth from high school to freshman to now, yeah, I mean, a, it's a threat. <laughs> it's one of the craziest. I mean, I, I'm not surprised either, but, like, He's literally one of the best players in the NFL. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of, it's been wild to kind of watch that growth process. No doubt. Right. We'll continue on with today's special guest, Joe Charlton, here on the Garden Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. What you're talking about. Sponsored by Love Chevrolet. 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Garden Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler Head and Chris Clark along with you. Today's special guest, Joe Charlton, former South Carolina punter, currently with the Cleveland Browns. Going to head out to the Love Chevrolet phone lines really quick because our man, Gamecocks historian, the great Tommy Moody, actually has a story about you he wants to share from your time back at AC Flora. All right. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. What's going on, Tommy? Hey, it's good to hear from you guys um, and good to hear Joseph. Um, I was uh, a very dear friend of mine is Reggie Shaw, who coached joseph at uh, ac4 and i was over there uh i grew up three blocks from ac4 and i was over there watching practice one day and went over uh talked to coach shaw on the sidelines and i had my back to the field and i uh, didn't know joseph was was working out and punting and i heard this this thump and i and i said coach i said who is that punter over there he said that's joseph charlton i said his punch sound different than everybody else <laughs> and uh, that's a true story and when we had him on our high school show Friday night school board show not long ago. He brought that up <laughs> because Joseph had made it in the NFL. And um, he said, do you remember that day? I said, I remember that day. I will never forget it. But I turned around. I had to watch him for about 10 minutes because I could not believe the sound of the ball coming off his foot. And look how everything turned out. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, 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 good luck to you. Just want to share that real quickly. It kind of reminded me of a story about Shoeless Joe Jackson that one of, the, one of his cohorts said that uh, – they could blindfold him and throw pitches to 10 batters and he would know which one was shoeless Joe Jackson from the, the crack of the bat. It kind of reminded me of Joseph with that, with that fun of his. That's awesome, man. Tommy, appreciate you calling okay. in with that, man. Thanks guys. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll see y'all later. Yeah. I, 
you know, that game that I mentioned that I scouted, so I guess that was probably during, you know, that had to be like 2014 probably, uh, that game at Memorial Stadium. And I think you were just kicking an extra point because you kicked for four or two as oh, well yeah. as punt. And I think it was just like an extra point. And I remember there was a building like pretty far set back, like a field house uh, from the goalpost, and it was a ways back, and it like hit the roof, went like way back. And I was like, I've seen <laughs> enough. Look, looks good to me. Uh, so we were talking about uh, your time at Carolina. So Steve Spurrier steps away after the 2015 season. You guys finish up. Um, and then Will Muschamp comes in. What do you remember about that transition? How different was it? Um, was it was definitely other? pretty different, man. They, I mean, Muschamp came in. I mean, they, they took charge. <laughs> they did. I mean, I would never, I'll never forget first day conditioning test. I think it was 32 one-tenths. And I probably made it through 12. And like was walking with wind plagues it was it was bad 32 110 32 yeah i've i've heard some stories from um i think casey crosby told me some stories for that day it, it seemed like a shocker oh yeah it was man <laughs> everyone, was, everyone was shocked it was it was it was a big one so we know how intense Muschamp is and we see him on camera during games stuff <laughs> like that what's he like at practice when there aren't cameras around i mean he's he's an intense coach man i mean Muschamp is one of my really good friends. I mean, I talk to him still to this day, and um, he's his coaching style is, is tough. I mean, he's a tough coach, man. I think it's, some people need that. Right. You know, not everything's about being soft. <laughs> right, right. You don't want soft players. So, so th- that entire tenure, too, you know, you obviously finished up your career at South Carolina. His last season was also 2020. There are a lot of ups and downs during that time. What was kind of the high point? She can remember. Oh, definitely beating Georgia. Yeah, the 2019 was, game. Yeah, that was by far my favorite memory of playing for the Gamecocks. Was that a shocker the, the, in the way that the Citadel loss was a shocker? Like, um, did you think going into that game, like, we're probably we're probably going to win, or hey, maybe we got a shot? I think maybe. Like, I was, everyone was like, maybe we got a shot. <laughs> like, hopeful. That's just how I was. I'm, maybe not everybody, but um, you know, we came out, we pulled through, man. It was it was a heck of a win. Did you take any pieces of the hedges? I did not. You I did was, not. I, did, I respected the hedges. I, okay. I, really? I didn't. Uh, I didn't appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we have not. Told, let's do our mention. Tyler yeah, I, is, is from Covington, Georgia. I did. I did go to Georgia. He's a Georgia guy. <laughs> I, I got gotcha. you. I was covering the Georgia program at the time when that upset happened. So. <laughs> yeah. I, did, I didn't steal your hedges, man. I promise. Okay. Thank you. Muschamp <laughs> stole some. They t- I don't know. Yeah, he did. I mean, they <laughs> took a picture of it. He at least had some. He, he yeah. since returned them. Oh, <laughs> he helped regrow the uh, the hedges. Uh, Brian Edwards had a really good game in that game. Had oh, yeah. a touchdown early. That that's another guy we didn't mention that you played with. I mean, talking about Debo, Farrow, Brian Edwards, Shy Smith. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Israel McQuamu that game just put three interceptions. Yeah, Izzy had three picks. picks. Javon Kenlaw. Kenlaw was huge. Kenlaw was a monster in that game. What about why? Why did let's get your perspective on this as a former player? Why did it not work? And by that, why is Will Muschamp not still the coach here? And why did things kind of fall off there at the end? In the because you know, twenty sixteen was a solid year, won six games, probably more than expected. Honestly, seventeen and eighteen were good years. Um, you know, you go to, go to bowls, have good years. And then after that, it kind of fell off. So what, what's your perspective now that you can look back on it? Honestly, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't can't really put your finger I, on it. Like I said, like I, I thought he was a phenomenal coach. I mean, players loved him. Um, I don't know why it didn't, it didn't work out. 
to be completely honest. Okay. Interesting. Some guys have thoughts. Some don't. Yeah. yeah. Who's the best player you played against? So we mentioned some of the guys that you played with. Well, if I was, like, going against players, yeah, I was always that's... looking at punters in my perspective. Yeah so, yeah, so give us your best specialist. And then I know – so it's hard for you to say, oh, well, this left tackle was really tough because you didn't have to line up against him. But maybe if you're – I know you're kind of in your bubble a little bit. Yeah. Like, during the game. But, yeah, give us some of your top specialists. Um, well, when I was playing, it was obviously Braden Man. Braden Man have a heck of a Oh, God. And um, they use those watermelon – Adidas rifles balls, yeah, I was jealous. But um, and then Max Duffy, who is a rugby guy, which Kentucky. Don't even get me started on rugby punting. But <laughs> we um, can start. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, those are probably the two top guys. I mean, I don't feel like rugby guys should win a Ray guy, but that's just my opinion. So what's wrong with rugby punting? Do you feel like it's uh is is it cheap or? I mean, it's just it's it's definitely a way to. Get the most yardage. You can pad your stats yeah, a little bit. You can pad the stats easily, but I mean, you rarely see a rugby guy make it past that stage of college. So now, why do you think so many colleges have kind of gone that route of getting those kind of guys? Because they put up stats. I mean, why not? You know? Yeah. Just, that is kind of what it's about. Oh yeah. You know, they a lot of times performance, man. I mean, yeah. Who doesn't? So, Braden Man was wild. Oh. he's... Like you're a big you're a big guy. Braid Man was only like five eleven, two hundred. Oh, like yeah. he he generated so much power though. Oh yeah. Like he what is he just like a an athletic freak or? Um, I mean he's an athlete too. Yeah. Technique. I mean, just, I mean, people are sometimes built different. You know? Yeah. He obviously was. Leg speed. I mean, leg whip. I mean, it's all. Well, then he different. then he then he stripped the ball that year. Yep. On the he he punted it. I think, I think it was Brian had a really good run going. And Braden Man comes and strips it I out. Know, I was at home, wasn't I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was a tough. That was a tough one. Oh yeah. Tyler, are we gonna? So that we're talking about Texas A and M. Are we gonna play the A and M clip oh, on the other side? Yeah, I have the A and M clip ready to go. Don't worry about it. All right. I'm not. Yeah, I am concerned. <laughs> we must have the A and M clip. Should we do that I, on the I, other I, side? I do my research. Yes. Don't worry. I know you do. I know you do. Yeah. So, we'll uh, we'll come back with that and uh, break down what uh, what happened on that play. Got rubbed next. You are listening to the Garden Trust Hour. With today's guest, Joe Charlton, right here on 107.5 The Game. Broadcasting live from the Herndon Chevrolet Studios, this is 107.5 The Game. A great selection of new Chevys is available now at Herndon Chevrolet. The lot is packed with inventory and more is on the way. So shop your hometown Chevy dealer today. Stop by or shop online today and see why Herndon Chevrolet makes you smile. It's the Garnet Trust Hour on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Here's Joseph Charlton, a punt it away with 15 seconds. They come after him. Charlton's got to run. Joseph's got some room at the 30. They cross the 35 and picks up a first down for the Gamecocks with nine seconds to go and avoided an absolute disaster as they had him up the middle of the field. That was not a planned fake either. That was a heady play by the punter that time because the same blocking scheme that um, that, um, um, Tennessee used was exactly what we're saying right there. And welcome back into the Garden Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. A few more minutes to go, wrapping up with Joe Charles. And as as mentioned on the broadcast there, that uh, that fake punt was not a designed one. That was a little (laughs) bit of improvisation on your part, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I definitely saw that guy looked up. I mean, normally you got to kind of know your surroundings, but I uh, caught the ball, looked up, and, I mean, he was just scotch-free. Like, (laughs) 
Um, came up the middle, and I saw him. I just kind of like w- waved him out and ran to the right. And just I mean, you break. faked him out great. Oh, like yeah. he, you, you broke him on that. <laughs> I got him. I'm not gonna lie, I got him. But um, once you, I mean, I think the that's the worst of my fear. I mean, you got to get around that that corner. Yeah, got to get around that corner and. Thank God I did. Now, did you think about putting the shoulder down and trying to get a couple <laughs> yards? Or you're like, I'm getting a first down and sliding. Absolutely not. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. A lot of people thought I knew where the first down marker was. I had no idea. <laughs> you're just like, all right, defender coming. Yeah, I'm it down. It looked like a well-tactical slide, but um, I, I got lucky on that one. Self-preservation. Yep. I'll, was, take, I'll take the credit for it, though. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, now you've given it away, though. Uh, you should have just been like, yeah, I knew exactly what was <laughs> going on. So that was a 10-yard rush. The The unfortunate part about that play is um, rest of the game, not not so hot. And for a while, you were the leading rusher in the game. Yeah. I, I, is almost, I almost wish Rico Dowdle had gotten three less yards in the game so you would have been the leading rusher <laughs> in the game. 45 rushing yards for the game total. You had 10 of them. Yeah, that was bad. Whew. Do, do, you like, do you even like that play, given like the circumstances? Like, Do you, do you kind of have a fond memory of it, or is it just like, eh? I do have really. a fond memory of yeah. it, yeah. Um, <laughs> Then you then you think back on the game too, so I mean, it's just like a, it's a win lose situation. Now, now is that one of those things that like when it was happening, was it like almost slow motion, or did it just go by fast and you just kind of went off instinct? It went by fast, <laughs> no, pretty much off instinct. Yeah, I mean that's that's all it was. Yeah, but that's definitely my uh, college wise. I mean that's the best stadium you can play in right there, that Texas A&M Stadium. It's oh wild. yeah, they, it's yeah. incredible. It's huge. Yeah. Hundred thousand something yeah. people. House yeah, the house that Johnny built. Yeah, the, the the first game I ever played in there, I mean I couldn't even hear myself think. It was so loud. That was that would have been seventeen was the first yep, time y'all 17. played there. Yeah, yeah. I was actually at that game. That that was a really good game, mm-hmm. actually. Um wasn't there another play you were involved in? I think you told me about this one in the past. Did, I don't know if it was a block. So, you were telling me somebody blew you up one time. Oh from God. A, <laughs> You had to bring that one up. Didn't you? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was Missouri. That was that monsoon game we had. Oh yeah, yeah. home, yeah. yeah. Uh, dropped a snap through my hands and then ran pick it up and then I got blown up. <laughs> <laughs> and they played that clip in the facility for like a year straight. Man, yeah. constant reminder of me getting absolutely destroyed on the field. They were just doing it to be funny, just to troll you. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it was just part of a highlight clip. I mean. Because we won the game. I mean, you can't not play it because Parker, I mean, had a game-winning kick. They they probably could have not included that play in the highlight package. They so that that kind of yeah. – somebody, somebody snuck it in trying yeah. to have some – Well, I think that was like a – they used to do the, the game of the week. It was like – is it? Yeah. I think that was a game of the week. Okay. And that's why it was included in there because they recorded everything. That makes sense. So you were um, telling me about some NFL – rule differences between college and the pros break break that down for me as far as um some people may not know that watching just between the reason you don't see a lot of people rugby punt is because you can't unless you're a gunner you can't move off the line until yeah, yeah the so, ball's punted so what, what are what are all the difference the key differences on special teams between college and pros that you that you can see um i mean definitely the, the major one is what you said i mean the guys in the nfl the line can't release only the gunners can release but the line can't release until the ball is punted. Yep. But in college, as long as the rule is still the same as when I played, um, everyone can release. Yep. Even if the ball is not punted. So that's why a lot of guys rugby in college. And rugby doesn't work out in the NFL for that prime reason. Yeah. When you – so you played in the SEC. You played with a lot of great players. You played against a lot of great players. I, I know you're kind of more in your bubble like, hey, I'm just 
when my numbers called him going out there, so maybe you're not quite as engaged in the game. But how big is, is the difference between looking out on the field and seeing SEC competition and then you go step into the NFL? Like, everybody always says the SEC is, you know, NFL minor league. But, but seriously, how big is that difference when you're just full of pro guys? It's huge. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, pretty much everyone in the NFL is the biggest guy you had on your college team. Do you remember That's the best way to put it? Do you remember, um, you know, the Browns have improved a lot, right? Yeah. And so when they were not as good before you got there, not trying to get you in trouble with your current team by any means, but they, they had some struggles for a while. Um, there was a joke that would go around the sports atmosphere. Like if Alabama played the <laughs> Cleveland Browns, they would win. And I always thought that was the most ridiculous thing in the world. They would get destroyed. Yeah. Like what would the score be? There wouldn't even be a score. I mean, it, it would, the score would run off the, the top of the They wouldn't board. have enough numbers on the scoreboard. Yeah, that's just, I hate people say that because that's 100% not true. Yeah, <laughs> I absolutely hate it too. It, the other thing is the one where um, people think that they could go in an NFL game, MLB game, and like do a particular skill or play. Mm-hmm. Like six, you know, I could have made that throw. Oh, yeah. Like if I went in an NFL game, could I gain one yard? Probably not. Okay, no. I didn't think you, so. You get negative. I, I, I mean, I never claimed <laughs> otherwise. I was just thinking. unless you have really good hmm. blocking, like yeah, like yeah, perfect. And that <laughs> it has to be absolutely perfect. perfect. And nothing's ever perfect, it, right? It, right. If, if the average person went an NFL game, would they even be able to get the punt off before they got hit? I mean, they might too. I mean, if, if you just catch it and kick it as fast as possible, I mean, mm. it's not gonna be good. It probably hit. It probably hit the line <laughs> alignment in the in the head though, for sure. <laughs> No, the only skill that we thought, because Wes and Tyler and I talked about that one day, I said that in an MLB game, if I'm standing on third and there's like a deep fly ball, like a deep one, I can probably tag up and score. Yeah. Like, I can do that. But I can't really think of, like, anything I could do in an NFL game. Definitely couldn't make a field goal. Might probably be to, Might be able to hold. Nope. Might nope. Be. No, I'd be so scared I would drop the ball. I don't think I could hold. <laughs> You still have 300-pound linemen bearing down on you as a holder. Yeah, I mean, as a holder, I think, like, I would catch the ball and, like, mess it up, and then the kicker would, like, kick my hand and, and break <laughs> it or something. Yeah, it's uh, definitely it, a technique, man. Holding is definitely a technique. You, you held some in college. Yep. I think the, the biggest thing from college to NFL, though, holding-wise, is that the, these, NFL, these NFL kickers, they're so particular. Really? Of, like, how – and I, I learned a lot just from a lot of these guys mm-hmm. because, like, I mean – certain wind situations you hold the ball different yeah like if it's going from a strong right to left wind you might want to lean it a little bit more right just to, so it cuts through that wind right um there's or a little more forward a little more back like some guys are different so i mean like pretty much every team that i've been on i've had a different guy who wants something different yeah so you got to learn it i've noticed that it seems like that's happened and, and you know how how it goes like everything from how guys are built physically like because it like go watch a, a college game and you know, 1989, 1990, your, your center's 250 pounds. So we're, we're all so advanced. But even just, like, in the techniques of things, like, I've noticed the tilt of the ball is different now. And Oh, yeah. We're not you know. towing the ball with square toe shoes. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's a big difference. <laughs> how much does the difference in the hash marks affect how you punt in the NFL as opposed to college? Um, I mean, honestly, it gives you less room for error, I guess you could say. Um but I, I personally like it because, I mean, you're pretty much – you're so close every time. Like, you don't have to walk 
a mile across the other side of the field when you're running on the field to right. line up. Um, everything, I, mean, I think kickers like it too, just because it's easier to have a straight kick every time. Right. But nothing's ever straight, obviously, but it's easier for that. Well, hopefully you'll be um, on a roster and you'll be pretty busy on the weekends, but I'm, I'm sure you'll catch some Carolina games this year. Oh, yeah, definitely. Which one are you looking forward to the most? Is it always just like the opener? Like game one is, is the one you look forward to? Is there one you got circled? Game one's awesome. Uh, just obviously my favorite game is that Clemson game. Yeah. It's always going to be the Clemson game. Last year was a good one. Great one. And it's at home this year. You know, I, I hate that I played and didn't beat Clemson my entire time. Now. You notice I didn't bring it up. You brought it up. I brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that was a tough one, but it, it was it was real it was cathartic last season for a lot of people oh, yeah. to go up there, come from behind, do it on the road, break a bunch of different streaks. Yep. So got a chance to open up a streak this year. So we'll definitely be watching that one. No doubt. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the Garden Trust Hour. Joe, thank you for uh, hanging out with us for a little bit, and we certainly uh, wish you the best of luck this upcoming season. Oh yeah, thanks for having us. All right, coming up next is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, right here on one hundred seven five The Game. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.